Welcome to season 11 of Digital Learning Radio. I'm Catherine, and I'm happy to be joined by my co-host, Laura. Hey, everyone. In this season of the podcast, we're continuing the conversation of sharing what is inspiring us on our ongoing story of learning. This week, Laura is sharing what's been inspiring her, and I'm ready to hear all about it. Well, get excited because I am uh, and I'm ready to share. But first, I want to check in with you and circle back to our conversation from last week. And as a reminder, this season, we're using a reflective protocol to guide us as we consider the what, so what, and now what of the ideas we share. So let's think back to that now what part of your learning, Catherine, about burnout How's that going? And have you continued your learning or application of any of those ideas? Yes. As I mentioned in last week's episode, I've curated so much information about burnout. So my goal is to share this information with as many people as possible to see if something is relatable and might help. Now, sorry, Laura, I did not make cross-stitch pillows yet. Come on. (laughs) But instead, I've first passed along the article to some colleagues and family and friends, and they have loved it. And then I've also organized resources, and I actually wrote and published a blog post about taking better breaks as one way to address the frenetic subtype of burnout. Ooh, nice. You've been busy this week. Yes. And then Laura, you fell for my trickery, and we've officially (laughs) scheduled sessions that mash up compassionate coaching strategies that might help with burnout. So those will happen in a few weeks from when we're recording. And I'm working on other summer offerings and other ways to share the ideas, more to come, but I'm getting the word out to others. So I feel like that now what is going pretty well. Ugh, I love that. And yes, I did fall for your trickery, but this is the best type of trick, I suppose, to fall for. I'm so excited about those sessions and that mashup. And I just love that you're continuing to share this relevant and just good information with so many people in so many mediums. So gold star for you this week, Catherine. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So this week is mine for sharing, but I still want to hear from you too. Before I take it over, Catherine, what's a quick win that you'd like to share with us? Since you had the AI logo maker last week, Adobe Express, I think we're going to be on an AI kick. So I'd like to introduce Quillbot, an AI paraphrasing tool. Hmm. Quillbot, according to its website, helps users rewrite and enhance any sentence, paragraph, or article using cutting edge AI. Interesting. In fact, that sentence was rewritten by Quillbot. Oh, okay. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So for the free version, you can paste up to 125 words at a time and it will restructure your sentence and then give you some really nice options for synonyms and replacing words. It doesn't have all the features as of course the premium, but it's been so super useful and I have to shout out Tony Vincent for interviewing <laughs> Quillbot in his recent Classy Sites course. I just finished that. And I think Tony has had at least one shout out in every season <laughs> of this podcast. So here we go, shouting him out in episode two for <laughs> this writing tool. So if you want to improve your writing a little bit or refine your writing, then try Quillbot. 
Ooh, okay. So we will officially add Tony Vincent to the podcast bingo card. Uh, and also <laughs> what a what a cool share. Um, I'm excited to play around with that and see uh, what it can do. So hmm, good share. Thank you, Tony and Catherine. All right, Laura, let's get to it and hear the what of our what, so what, now what protocol. What is inspiring you to learn this week? Today, I'm inspired by an idea that I can't get out of my head, and it comes from a recent newsletter from Priya Parker, the author of Art of Gathering. Now, we've talked a lot about Art of Gathering here on the podcast, as well as in our everyday work-life conversations, but Priya's most recent newsletter shared the concept of creating collective mechanisms, and I'm really excited to chat more about it here today. Okay, so Priya and Art of Gathering on the bingo card as well. Great. (laughs) And let's pull up a timer and in 60 seconds or less, give us the gist. Tell us about collective mechanisms. Okay, let's do it. I'll start and set it up by sharing a quote from the newsletter that has really struck a chord with me. And that is connection doesn't happen on its own. You need to design for it. And one way we can design for connection is by creating a collective mechanism. And what this is, according to Priya, is a structure that helps a group coordinate in relevant and appropriate ways for the good of the group to achieve an outcome. Now, Priya also says that the best collective mechanisms are simple and that they really work by creating a specific moment in which people have the social permission and also social pressure to come together at the same time and the same place and hang. They can be a one-time thing or repeated. They can function in person or virtually. Ultimately, these are intentionally designed moments that give people a space to connect authentically and feel like they belong. And honestly, who doesn't need more of that in their lives right now? I was kind of talking over that timer, but I'm going to, I'm going to count it. (laughs) Okay. Fantastic. Laura, I saw this newsletter when it came out as well, and I am so glad you're bringing it back to us for a deeper dive. And I really want to hear more of your thinking. So tell us the answer to the so what about the newsletter and concept of collective mechanisms that is inspiring you to learn. Well, first, I really cannot get it out of my head. It's one of those concepts that is so simple, yet also huge. And so ever since I read about it last week, I found myself thinking about this through a number of lenses. But first, let me back up a little and share more about the context of the newsletter. And so Priya opens by asking, where and why and how and when should we meet our colleagues now? And so this is coming from the fact that there are several offices and businesses who are just now navigating reopening and that back to office hybrid remote juggle of their teams and staff. And she reminds us that if you want people back, you gotta make it good. Oh my gosh. Yep. That quote was at the top of the newsletter and it immediately hooked me and (laughs) made me read on. Uh, Same. So this though is certainly different from the education world, which opened back up a while ago. And so we aren't necessarily in the same boat trying to figure out that awkward nuance and balance of in-person and remote office dynamics. But I really think the crux of her point still applies, which again is connection doesn't happen on its own. 
You need to design for it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I think one of the reasons that my mind keeps wandering back to this statement and this whole idea is I think we are all realizing just how important authentic connection really is for us in our work. And I'm still thinking about the information that you shared last week related to burnout, how pervasive that is, especially among educators today. And I wonder how these thoughtful collective mechanisms that give this social permission for connection really could play into mitigating burnout and providing support and belonging to colleagues and team members. Thank you for going back to last week's burnout episodes and the building authentic connections could help with that worn out subtype of burnout, mm -hmm. which is looking for relationships. Let's keep talking. Let's hear more. So do you have any examples about what this could look like? Absolutely. So Priya describes a couple of examples of what this could look like in her newsletter. She talked about when she lived and worked in India and her workplace, along with most, she said, had the custom to break for afternoon tea and everyone would pause their work to drink some tea together in the break room for a few minutes. She also describes the Swedish practice called Fika, which is so cool. It's a daily custom in which everyone in a workplace just stops working and they convene with coffee and cake for about half an hour in the afternoon, where she says communication and conviviality take precedence over hierarchy and bureaucracy, mm. which is a cool phrase. And they also say also a really great way to know what's really going on in a company. And I was actually reading a little bit more about this idea of FICA because I'm really intrigued by it. <laughs> and so as a side note, I saw that some Swedish companies have in their employee contracts, a clause that employees are entitled to their FICA break, uh, which I think is really cool. Lovely. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a real upstanding uh, collective mechanism here. She also mentioned an office that did this idea of bagel Wednesdays, which is a voluntary, just kind of casual gathering, but there is the rule that you can't talk about work when you're there. And so as I read each of these and kind of thought about each of these, it made me think about how easy it would be to create something like this, but also how impactful it could be in shaping your team or workplace's culture. And again, really foster that sense of belonging through some authentic connection. Okay. So this is reminding me of in my previous job, we had common department lunch breaks mm. and we would meet for lunch as many days as possible. And we had such a strong bond. I think the different departments did that as well. But having that common lunchtime was something that just, it was definitely a strategic move on the master schedule, mm -hmm. but having that space for us to all gather together and chat and eat together, I think that really helped, like you said, foster some connections mm -hmm. in, in our department at least. So, so that's cool. It doesn't take a lot to create these collective mechanisms. Right, right. But I will say Priya also just points out and kind of reiterates the design and thinking behind them is important. And so creating one of these really does take some thinking and it's more than just, you know, like putting out some snacks in the break room or having like a platter of cookies in between conference sessions. This also makes me think about the, that painfulness of inauthentic connection or like forced team building. And so I think there's kind of a, a 
fine line between creating this good space for connection versus that I think we've all been a part of that inauthentic connection. But right now I'm also thinking about all of the new people, for example, that I don't know in my office that were hired during the pandemic, either when I was predominantly remote or maybe more recently leaning into that COVID caution and feeling reluctant to just be bebopping around the office and chatting people up. But if we had something like this, it would be a good excuse. And I liked that Priya used that word kind of social pressure to get out and make these connections with other people. So this reminds me of Priya's concept of don't be a chill host. Mm -hmm. And you have to really make some, like she said, those intentional decisions about the design for connection. And I think that is such a good point that you have with all of these new people in environments that maybe were hired remotely and they did not have any kind of orientation. So having a specific design and a pressure, it might help alleviate those awkward icebreakers. And Mm -hmm. I am so with you. If we have to stand up and do the mandatory icebreakers of just (laughs) chit-chatting, I'm like not happy, but if there Mm -hmm. is some intentional connection, like talk about this or share Mm -hmm. this, show this picture on your phone or whatever, then I I feel more inclined to participate. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I am feeling the need and seeing the importance of the intentional design. And I'm excited about this idea. So Mm, yeah. Okay. So what else? You said you've got some different lenses that you were thinking about. So talk us through some of those pieces. First and foremost, that internal office culture is really what's on my mind. And the thing that Priya says at the top, you know, if we're back, you've got to make it good. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, walking through the hallways where I work and realizing, man, I really don't know a lot of our newer hires or just people who don't work on my team. And so what are some things that I could do or share with some of our leadership to kind of help build that internal connection? Because that sense of belonging is so important. And again, I think more integral than I realized. Mm -hmm. That makes me think about our teachers and just our overworked, tired, burnt out teams of educators. And so I'm wondering how having a good and thoughtful collective mechanism could really function as not one more thing that teachers Mm -hmm. have to do, Mm -hmm. but really become an integral thing that builds those team dynamics and provides a space for inclusion and belonging. Mm. You mentioning your math team lunches is I think a perfect example of this. I'm thinking about the compassionate coaching webinar that focused on using belonging to help coach teachers through those feelings of isolation. And so this seems like a a nice way to do that. That again, it is pretty low effort, low time commitment, but I think something that could be really, really great. Also side note, I would love to drink coffee and eat cake every day. Mm -hmm. So check me in Sweden Mm -hmm. soon. Um, (laughs) But, but one other idea that I don't really have fleshed out, but 
I am thinking about is I'm wondering if something like this can be created and built into a shorter form thing and be part of a PD session that I design and facilitate. I know that we often have the focus or that ING that is connecting to give participants opportunities to connect ideas as well as with one another. So I'm wondering if there's some sort of link in there. I think maybe in a longer form at PD setting, certainly like a multi-day cohort when you really get to know the other people who are participating, or even maybe in an all-day six-hour session, I think there, there could be some time and community that is being built or existing to pause in the afternoon, maybe to share a FICA or some form of intentional non-work connection that might go beyond that networking and into that true thinking about Priya Parker's work with spaces. Maybe we could move into a different space or a different part of the room. I don't know. These are just some kind of random ideas swirling in my mind, but I think that there's something there for building that collective mechanism for intentional connection in some or all of those lenses. Hmm. Okay. So I'm thinking now that you've mentioned these PD days in the summer, Mm -hmm. I wonder if there's any way, like if our rooms happen to be close to each other, if we're presenting Mm -hmm. the same day Mm -hmm. to have a little FICA time with our session participants or something like that. And then the other thing that pops into my mind is at one point I was trying to use an idea from Rich Chiz Mm -hmm. of pop-up PD and he posted ideas of conversation starters, like over the water fountain or in the break Mm. room. And it was like, tell me a recommendation about a book you're reading, or tell me about a podcast or something you've learned recently. And so at least there would be a conversation prompt, because I Mm -hmm. think that is what is the scary part. It's just like when you put people in breakout rooms, I think when the pandemic we started, like, just go in here and introduce yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then now we are more strategic of, share this Mm -hmm. and this and this when you go into a breakout room. So it's really that same idea of like, what is this conversation that gives us this social permission, the social pressure to have those conversations that are authentic. So Mm. hmm. that's a, that's a really good point and connection. Mm, I love that. Okay. So one other thing that I'm thinking and, and back to my math team example, I think one of the disadvantages of these team lunches was that because our whole department was off at the same time, it did not force us to go and interact with other departments. Mm -hmm. And so we were pretty isolated as departments. So when you have these silos in your organization or in your building, you really have to find some more excuses to build those cross teams or cross curricular Mm -hmm. connections. So that's one thing I think that this collective mechanism would overcome. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I'm thinking is we are both extremely collaborative and we want to talk to people, but I know some preferences are not, you know, Mm -hmm. just want to sit in my office and I can work independently. I don't need to talk to people. So if the leader is not relational, they're not thinking that, then Mm. that may not be a priority to build these collective mechanisms. So it may take some different Mm -hmm. personality styles. So those are a few other things that are running through my mind as I'm listening to your discussion. Oh yeah. Good points. 
So, well, is there anything else you'd like to share? Just kind of in summary, I love reading or hearing anything from Priya because she really often just reignites that spark and kind of glimmer of transformation Mm -hmm. that I think so many of us felt in 2020 to just further consider what can we do differently? And in this case, what can we do differently for the good of the group to achieve an outcome and that outcome of connection beyond what we've always done? And I don't know that I have a concrete or working solution yet, but I love that I read this last week. I'm continuing to think about it. We've talked about it here and in another place, and it's just definitely on my mind. And so I love having that spark reignited from Priya. Well, and Laura, you have ignited a spark in me too, by this conversation Mm -hmm. and these ideas. And thank you so much for sharing. I am going to keep that phrase design for connection and really focus on that and make that a priority. And I hope those listening will accept the challenge of putting those collective mechanisms in place as well. Absolutely. All right. As you know, another idea we're practicing this season is to use each episode as a place to launch further thinking. We want to challenge each other to apply what we share as we consider now what? So Laura, now what? What are some next steps for you? How might you incorporate the idea of building collective mechanisms into your work or further your learning? Sure. Well, I've shared this newsletter with my team leader and she seemed intrigued. So I think this has inspired me to definitely follow up or circle back to her and maybe brainstorm with her some ways that we could incorporate building out this intentional connection, creating a collective mechanism that could be part of just maybe our small team meeting days Mm. to start and then maybe go from there. And then additionally, I'm going to keep thinking about how I could use a mechanism like this as a facilitator, maybe even as a larger event conference planner to create these spaces that, like I said earlier, just go beyond networking and into true connection with others. So stay tuned there. Okay. I'm excited to learn more and continue our conversations. (laughs) We'd also like to extend the invitation to you, dear listener, to share your ongoing story of learning as well. Take a moment to pause and think wherever you're listening from and consider what ideas have you heard today that have sparked your interest and inspired further learning about creating collective mechanisms. And new this season, join us for an experiment. After listening to our episode, you are invited to complete a reflection form linked in the show notes to share what you learned and how you plan to integrate the information. You'll then receive a certificate of credit for your thoughtful responses. You can also find us on Twitter at DigLearnRadio to continue the conversation and share your learning that's inspiring you this week. This season, we're dedicated to sharing our learning and the things that are inspiring us. We hope that when we share, the conversation and ideas will cultivate curiosity and inspire you to explore one of the resources, reflect on a question we've asked, or continue the conversation with us online. Reflect to consider the what, now what, and so what of your thinking. 
Share your learning inspirations and ideas from this episode and beyond. We are, as ever, inspired to learn from Gail Allen and her work in the new pillars of modern teaching. She reminds us that when we share, we add a sentence to the story we communicate about ourselves to the world. Let's continue learning, sharing, and transforming. Let's get inspired.